0: Welcome to Bad Dad, Rad Dad, where we look for better dads one movie at a time. I'm Kylie. I'm Elliot. And we're going to talk about the movies we watched this week before crowning the baddest dad and raddest dad of them all. And as always, dad is an energy, not a gender. So usually we're just two little guys in our basement hanging out and doing this together.
3: Mm
1: -hmm.
0: But today we're two little guys in our basement and our friend across the country.
3: So we have
0: our first ever guest ever, co-host of Sick Boy Podcast and Turn Me On Podcast, Jeremy Saunders. Thanks Yay. for doing this
3: with us. Woo-hoo! Guys,
1: I, I honestly, I cannot, I cannot begin to explain how excited I am to be here. <laughs> I I have been like, I've been looking forward to this all week. This has been one of the most fun weeks I've had in such a long time for many other reasons. There's been a bunch of other really fun stuff happening in my life. But the fact that it's all happened at the same time that we decided to watch five Really interesting films <laughs> uh, and and now it's all culminating to this one afternoon where we get to sit and I get to chat with you guys about movies. it's so fun. I love talking about movies. I love movies, and I'm truly honored to be on one of my new favorite podcasts and also guys, congratulations like you Thank you. you really are you're nailing this you're doing so <laughs> you, like the show it's 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 really honestly I think it's really rare that podcasts like independent podcasts start out so strong. And I, I, Mm. I, have been recommending your show to everyone. I'm, I, I'm talking about it all the frigging time. I really, I really do love it. And I'm just, I'm so, um, I'm so honored that you were, uh, Okay, with me literally inserting <laughs> myself into your show by going, guys, can I come on the show next week? <laughs> oh, so sweet. So sweet. Thank so
0: you so much. That's a great uh, transition into. So yeah, you you reached out to us and you sent us a little text and said, can I come on the show? <laughs> and we were like, yeah, of course you can course. come on the show. Um But we kind of just thought, yeah, we're not going to make Jeremy watch five movies, which is what we normally do. We'll just we'll do three movies. We'll tell each other what they are. That's what we'll do. (laughs) Then we meet up with you. Well, digitally meet up with you. Yeah. um, And you were like, no, you can watch 12 movies.
1: (laughs) Yeah. yeah, (laughs) I was like, like, give me all the movies. Are you kidding me?
0: (laughs) And We were like, okay, let's do five. (laughs) But I think what was like really touching to us is that you were so committed to keeping the mystery part of it because we didn't have a thought as to how to do that.
3: Mm.
0: And you were so committed to that. So I think the question we have for you is why was that so important to you to keep the mystery aspect of what we do?
1: Because, I mean, that's the thing that I think I love so much about the show that you guys have created. You, when we first met, when you guys were telling me about, um, this idea that you had for this podcast, um, full disclosure like you you guys came to me and you asked for for some for some tips um mm-hmm. but we're starting a podcast like you know we were wondering if we could like pick your brain and when you when you guys described to me your um your like ritual behind movies like outside of the podcast this thing that you just mm-hmm. do anyway i was just so um it's such a simple idea but it's such a beautiful idea like how fun is it to And I wish I had someone in my life that did this for me. But like one of my favorite things is to to sit down with someone I really care about and go, I want to show you something. I want to show you something I really love and I don't want you to know anything about it going in beforehand. I want it to be a complete surprise. And then when it's over, I want to like talk to you about it and see Mm -hmm. how you felt. And you guys literally do this every week. You do this. It's just a part of your relationship. It's a part of like your existence. It's, Mm -hmm. It's the thing that Has like brought you guys together, and so there's something so fun and so sweet about that. the The whole like mystery movie nights, I love it. I love the idea, and so I'm like, I am stealing the idea. I'm doing it now. Like I'm, I've, I've started doing it with my partner. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna like, I got a movie. We're gonna put it on. You're not gonna know what it is. Mm -hmm. It's just so. It's it really adds an element of. I mean, watching movies for me already is so special, but like to do it in this way to have this sort of like surprise element there's just something really special about it and so i yeah like when you get when you guys were game for me to to uh just like rudely insert myself into your podcast (laughs) i was like we got it like i we have to i want to keep the surprise like i want to i want to ensure that I also don't know what it mm-hmm. is that we're gonna be watching. And so I'm glad we were able to figure out a way to do that. Yeah. Um by by having Brian, my my co host of Sick Boy, be like the the liaison for <laughs> the movie. So like we just sent him the films and then he dispersed them out to us so that and changed the file names. So I don't know what they were and you guys didn't know what I was sending you and mm-hmm. um aside from the couple of movies that we all decided to to see. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, I just I think it's such a special idea, and and I really wanted to be a part of the the whole aspect of what makes this show in my heart so like special. Mm. I wanted to be I wanted to be involved. I want I wanted to just be like your guys. I wanted to be a little thruple, a little movie thruple with you guys. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it, it honestly made, yeah. like we it was so exciting. To to ha- like not know what you had picked, mm-hmm. and to not know like how you'd feel about what we had picked. Yeah. Um. So I'm glad that you did that because now, if, if we ever have another guest on, we're gonna make them do it too. Yeah, That's it's the set way. the
2: bar very high. Yeah, and and yeah. like I just think it's made the pot- the potential for future guests so much more fun and appealing in our eye because I don't Ooh. think having guests on. Was necessarily something that we were considering especially so soon in in like starting this podcast so yeah we were just kind of so in our heads about well how would that work how do the mystery movie picks work and I still think we have some figuring out to do like you were on it like you you came you came to the table with like a really great strategy of how to do it but it's kind of reframed it at least in my mind of oh like this would be really fun if we want to have one of our friends on or somebody on. And then we, you know, they need a like little secret keeper. Like in this case, it was Brian for you who like we can relay what the mystery movie picks are. And it can become this really involved, fun game that we play together. Mm -hmm. And I I don't know. I I love it. I love how we approach this. Yeah, It was so It was
0: really fun. Yeah. So, I mean, a good thing then to talk about kind of what we ended up doing. So what we decided, the three of us, is that we would each pick a mystery movie that nobody knew about um and then we all went to see a movie in the theater sadly not together because we live on opposite sides of the country but we all went to it and then we picked one that we all wanted that we had none of us had seen that we all wanted to watch and we agreed on that one Mm -hmm. to get our five movies for the week um so i'm gonna start us off with the movie i picked i'm gonna say it was really intimidating to be the first person to pick a movie (laughs) um i had no idea jeremy if you would have seen this before i had elliot and i had not seen it so i decided to pick a movie that no one had seen um and i wanted to pick something that like hopefully would be good so it was it's very highly rated i picked lane the 1995 french film directed and written by matthew kasovitz and starring i'm gonna get the french names right because elliot messed this up last week um vincent cassel uh hubert Conde, uh, Saeed, Tagmawi were like the three main actors in it, and the just little like quick synopsis um, from IMDb is twenty four hours in the lives of three young men in the French suburbs the day after a violent riot, which I think is pretty much
3: it. That's it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: So I picked this because I it's a very highly rated film that I've always wanted to see. I also knew we'd all probably be watching it on a weekday, so I picked something that wasn't like four hours long, um, mm-hmm. and I wanted to like. Get a punchy one out of the way. So, what did the two of you think of it?
2: I think for me, right off the bat, the, the like my main takeaway was this was extremely powerful. Ooh. I like this. This hit real hard. Um, it's in black and white. So, as per an earlier statement on one of our early episodes, clearly, if it's black and if, if it's in black and white, it's not a sham. <laughs> Everything in color is a sham. According whatever. to Elliot, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know how to say his name. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna say my terrible version of his name, Vincent Castle.
3: Okay, yeah. <laughs> he
0: was a baby
2: in this. He yeah, was so young. Yeah. He was so young in this. So young. But some something else I was kind of thinking about was when you were talking about incendies and you made that comparison of stylized violence mm. in comparison with realistic violence in mm-hmm. films, this felt like the latter.
0: Yeah. Mm. Yep.
2: Yeah. Jeremy, what do you think?
1: I loved this movie. So um, Vincent Cassell is like he's probably one of my top five like favorite actors of all time. Oh, I oh think wow. he's I think he's absolutely incredible. I've been I so I also have not seen uh, uh, La, La N, um, <laughs> uh, which 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 in the the in in America when it was released in the United States it was just it was titled Hate. Oh, uh, okay. so so La N translates to Hate. And, uh, it's a movie that I've, I've actually been wanting to watch for a really long time. Um, and it, boy, oh boy, Mm -hmm. did it not disappoint. What it like, just a truly, truly like a powerful film. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and unbelievably beautifully shot. I mean, so, Mm -hmm. so this is, um, this movie is a part of the Criterion Collection. And I think you guys have talked about the Criterion Collection before on the podcast, but, um, as far as I can tell like to get into the Criterion Collection you need to be a very significant special piece of cinema like mm-hmm. yeah there's no there's no jokes going on in the Criterion Collection like there's no there's you know you're not going to get like um you know you're not going to see like Starship Troopers in in uh, in 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 a Criterion Collection um and boy oh boy does this movie ever like I mean the, the first the opening like five minutes you Mm. you immediately you're like oh okay i see like this is a the cinematography of this film is it's unbelievable it's unbelievable
2: yeah like you said too like it sets the tone in the it uses the opening credits to its advantage to set the tone and the place uh and just how the opening credits themselves are so heavy Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. just like gets at that 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 realism i was talking about
0: this uh this movie um, I talk a lot about like the letterbox lists and this movie is on three lists that I often like movies from I'm just going to tell you guys what they are it's on anxiety inducing cinema
3: mm-hmm.
0: it's on you're not the same person once this film has finished and the world is hell hopeless
1: cinema yeah yeah definitely <laughs> yeah all yeah, feels it, very accurate <clears throat> it's um it re- it reminded me of like it, it I, I was I was Brian when Brian sent me the movies he was like dude if you've heard of these movies that they sent you, <laughs> I then I'm impressed. Cause he was like, I have no idea what the hell these are. And I was like, Oh dude, hate is, it is, I was like, Bri, you got to watch it. It's, and for anybody listening to this, like if it, for me, when I watched it, it, it really reminded me of how I felt when I first watched boys in the hood. Mm. It's like, it's like the French version of boys in the hood. You know, mm. it, it, it it takes place in, in Paris, in this like, in the ghetto, these, these people that are, you know, trying to like make the most out of their lives, but they're constantly facing like a ton of hardship. There's a lot of political uprise um, happening like at the time. And, and I, 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 I know that there's like a lot of, um, I don't know much about French politics or French history, but I do know that like riots, and sort of disdain for the authority is pretty strong mm-hmm. in in Paris. I mean, I, I took a school trip to Paris when I was in uh, grade 12. And when we were there, there were riots happening while oh, we wow. while we were in Paris. And I, I feel like there's been just countless times where I've seen in the news where like the, you know, the citizens of Paris are, are pissed about something. And so mm-hmm. they're they and they and they don't hold back and they go out and they they make noise and that undertone throughout this entire film, you know, is when I was in Paris and this was happening, it's, it's a very heavy feeling. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a consistent feeling of like almost uneasiness and, and like, like an air of danger. And, but it's also very exciting and, and almost like intoxicating and, Throughout this film, you know these three characters that we follow. um, Vins, was it Vins? I think
0: is uh, yeah. So they use their first names and then they they're they're, and the nicknames for them.
1: Yeah, Yeah, Vins, Hubert, and uh, Said. The -hmm. three characters. Like the entire film, you can. There's this. There's this like very tangible chaotic energy that is that is like brewing and and. That notion of um, of danger is there throughout the entire thing, but also this like intoxicating kind of excitement of the danger mm-hmm. and it's um it's really hard not to be sort of swallowed up in that as a viewer watching the film mm-hmm. you you too are also like it sort of makes you feel um, like excited for or or scared about the potential for Really traumatizing violence to happen mm-hmm. at any moment, you know. And it's not—it's not like an action film, you know. There's not a no. lot of action in this movie, but boy, the, the tension! Holy smokes! What, a, yeah, what like, a tension-filled film. Like what you were saying,
2: Kylie. Like the list of most anxiety-inducing films. Like mm-hmm. I yeah, felt yeah. that anxiety throughout the whole thing. Like it's 98 minutes long, mm-hmm. and I don't think 98 minutes has ever felt longer. <laughs> And I think that that's due to, like, the tone and the feeling that you're describing, Jeremy. But it also, I feel like we go to so many different locations in this movie. Like, I, f- I feel we s- we've, I don't feel like we revisit the same place more than once. Like, I feel like each scene happens in a new location, and then we're moving on to somewhere else. Ooh. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm wrong about that, but that's what it felt like. It felt very kinetic the whole mm-hmm. way through. Like we're kind of bouncing all over the place
1: and it's like always moving
2: and always kind of keeping that, keeping you on the edge of your seat throughout the yeah. whole thing.
1: Yeah. Like the pace of the film was very impressive. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is this like constant forward moving pace that you are just, you're kind of just like being dragged along, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, but again, back to like the cinematography. Holy, m- like I don't know if you guys remember, but that shot, there's this beautiful shot. Really early in the film where Vince, played by Vince Gassell, he's like kind of flexing on himself in the mirror. Yeah. He's like hyping himself up, doing that whole like kind of like do you feel lucky punk punk kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know, like, like, like saying what he would say if he was about to get into a fight. And what the camera is behind him. So we're seeing like the back of his head and you're seeing his reflection in the mirror. And then he, you know, he's like brushing his teeth or whatever. He like dips down and the camera pans in into the mirror Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden you're in the mirror and he pops back up and it's like it was such impressive camera trickery and i i I had to rewind it like three or four times going how did they do this (laughs) like (laughs) how did and and i think i think i know i think what they were doing was that i think it was a a stand-in so the so the the back of vincent's head isn't vincent Mm. and i think vincent cassell is actually behind this fake mirror. Mm. So like the oh. set of the reflection, he's actually behind that, that. That's a whole set beyond this fake mirror that's there. And so there's this like body double. And when the body goes down and it pans into the mirror, Vincent's still just on the other side. And so he pops mm. up. I, I mean, that's the only way I could imagine because there's no reflection. <laughs> like you're, yeah, there, it was, impo- it's like, how the hell did they do this without getting reflection of the camera back? So like, that's just one example of several of these like really cool innovative shots that are that you really if you're not really paying attention you probably wouldn't even think about it but if you're like if you're looking for them and you and you find them i think there's i think that i mean there there's a many different reasons why i feel like this is probably within the criterion collection but mm-hmm. the 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 sh- shots like that i think i think are probably a big reason why this film is so is so uh, special.
3: Yeah.
0: One of the things that's, that that I think comes up for me about that is that this film to me is like just made of juxtaposition. Like this beautiful cinematic work with this very real, like real story. Right. And then at the same time, like, yeah, that I I love Jeremy, the word you use like brewing. There's this sense of like something is bubbling and we know it's coming. And, but at the same time, big parts of the movie are mundane. Like it's just, their lives. So we've got that juxtaposition between this intense anxiety and just the mundane way that life passes, and um, that was so evocative for me—the way that those all of these contrasts are working at the same time.
1: Do you guys feel like that is sort of like a staple for most films that aren't coming out of North America? Like, I feel like that's such a foreign film thing.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, I would agree. Like, I don't know if I've talked about this on the on the show yet, but I love uh, Michael Haneke's movies. Not that I've seen all of them, but have you seen Funny Games, Jeremy?
1: Yes. Oh my god. Have you yes. seen I the saw, original? you yeah, You seen both? Yeah. yeah I mean,
0: yeah. I love them both. I I th- I think I like the original better because I saw it first. Same. Um, but I think it has that too, right? These like the the beginning of the film is very mundane, and then
3: mm-hmm.
0: you know, once you get in, t- and then even within once the the stuff starts happening. <laughs> there's still these moments of mundaneness in it. I, I that's one of my favorite movies of all time. But yeah, yeah, I think I, I would say so. At, at least the films that kind of punctuate the international scene, perhaps. Ooh. I don't know.
1: Mm-hmm. I also, I yeah. also think that this is this movie has probably one of the most jaw-droppingly, awe-strikingly stunning endings. Yeah, you know, yeah. like it, the yeah. the end of this movie, the last. 25 seconds of this film are like heart-stopping yeah it's so wild
2: well and like to what you were saying to jeremy about like that moment with vins is like there are moments like our three main characters there are moments throughout this movie that they use cinematography to kind of just really hyper focus on each of the three characters and like Mm. like the character of Said book ends the movie mm-hmm. essentially mm-hmm. yes yes um and it's done so beautifully and then you have yeah that moment with vins and then
0: even the, the first time we meet hubert and like what the setting and the way that we see him establishes about his his differences from from the other two like they the three of them have this great rapport and this just easiness between the three of them but hubert is kind of established as this character that's other than in this three group Ooh. this three person group and i think the first time we meet him really since like using cinematography establishes that Mm. in a beautiful way.
1: Yeah. I, I also, I also want to like, you know, for anyone listening to this who hasn't seen it, the movie is also very funny. You know, there's a lot of really hilarious moments, you know, and and it's like those, those moments that are so, I think so relatable. And so like, uh, it's just real life humor, you know, like we're, we're like three friends at going Mm -hmm. through an experience and like these odd things that happen. and, like the way they kind of like the you know again not I know that you guys are like really anti spoiler and I that was I think that was one of the things I was so nervous to talk to I was like how, I, I don't know how to talk about movies without spoiling them
0: You're doing but, a great job.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Uh but like the scene with the uh with the drunk you know like that's standing mm-hmm. outside the car and Oh, uh, it's great and, and these guys are you're trying to like hotwire a car and this drunk guy is like sort of He's just he just inserts himself into their lives, and they're like, "What is this? Get this guy out of here, man!" Kind of like Edgar Wright Cornetto trilogy. A yes, little bit. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna be the worst
0: and say it's actually very Shakespearean. Sorry, yeah, English yes. teacher here. Like to have <laughs> yeah. those moments. Like I'm thinking Macbeth of like you know we the king is dead. We know that we know that Macbeth has killed him, and then we have this extended scene with the porter outside of the castle who's like drunk and he's talking about how like drinking that does all these it, it it is opposites where it makes you come to and not come to like yeah, all yeah. of Shakespeare loves a dirty joke um but it like you know that kind of that intensity that punk, you have these punctuations of um comedic relief to yeah. try and release some of that tension because it's otherwise it's too tense
1: yes you know? yeah and yeah.
0: In, interestingly i don't know if either of you looked this up um i was so blown away by this movie that i wanted to know what else uh, matthew kasavitz has made he made the movie Gothica. Have you guys seen oh, that? Oh,
1: really? I haven't seen Gothica.
0: Halle Berry. It's so bad. Don't watch it, Jeremy. <laughs> oh, but... well,
1: I mean, I have to. You know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I saw this movie. Oh, I didn't look up. Uh, when did it come out? You're looking it up right now, I think.
1: 2003.
0: Okay, so I would have seen it when I was 12 or 13. My dad took me to it because he was the one who- <gasps> I have seen You this. have seen it? Yes. Okay, so I saw this movie in the theater with my dad, and I used to be a real chicken with horror movies. But I but I liked them, right, but they but they really scared me. One thing I remember we went and saw it at like the big Cineplex, and I ended up sitting in like the seat that the aisle is below, like so the stairs are below you, and I could not, like I ended up having to ask my dad to switch me seats. Oh. Um, this was also the first time I ever heard like in Gothica, the first time I ever figured out what a snuff film was, and right, it right messed me up
1: like shook you yeah yeah totally i was like yeah.
0: what this thing exists um but gothic is not a good movie so just the fact that he has made <laughs> this movie he has made gothic, <laughs> yeah. oh just like so funny i did like just looking through his catalog i was like you know interesting that he hasn't doesn't have this like oeuvre of amazing films you
2: mm, know that's wild mm. i gothic, know I, yeah. I had no idea that's so i funny. thought you'd want to know so different from each <laughs> other that's great
0: I mean, I think I. It sounds like I knocked it out of the park. Nailed uh, it. Yeah, uh, started it off right. It. Yeah. So I'll kind of wrap this part of it up with saying, like, how did this movie make you guys feel?
2: Anxious from the beginning to the end, but also just a general sadness, just state of the world stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, essentially.
3: Yeah.
1: Yes, I, I would say same. Like I, I, um, and especially like. It, this movie hits pretty hard, especially right now. Like, yeah. you know, the, the, a, a really big theme in this film is like, uh, has to do with hating the police. Uh-huh. And, and there's like, that, that is a very big part of, uh, especially the last two years, you know, like uh-huh. the whole George Floyd incident, all those things. Like it is, it is, uh, it really hits deep. This, this sort of, this disdain for abusive power. And, uh-huh. um, and yeah, it was like, it's, it's definitely a real, uh, it's definitely a real bummer. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. But like, but, but again, not to like sort of prevent people from wanting to watch this. It's a, it's a, it's a bummer that, that, that just feels so right. And it feels yeah. really, it feels really, um, this is it, uh, honestly, this is a film that I think will for eons will just be so relatable and so, so evergreen, you know? Yeah.
2: Yeah. And again, like to the sadness part of it. It it really sucks that this was made in 1995 and we're still seeing the thing, kind of things and topics yes. that it's touching on yeah. be so relevant right now. Yeah,
0: that's that's what I have written for like how it made me feel like a, a little gutted at how contemporary it still is.
3: Yeah.
0: But but like I I feel like I'm it was important to see it and I'm so glad that I have now. Agreed. Um Elliot, you took us in a, in a different swinging direction for the next one.
1: Look, folks, I'm, I got to tell you, the like collection of films that we are going to go through today <laughs> is every every single like aspect of the spectrum. It, yeah. is, it is so wild where we went. So the great.
0: beauty of the mystery movie.
1: That's yeah. it. That's it. I love it.
0: Okay, Elliot, tell us what you picked.
1: <laughs> okay, so my
2: pick was the movie Patterson from 2016. It was directed and written by Jim Jarmusch. It stars Adam Driver, Golshifte Farahani, uh, Barry Shabaka Henley, and the always sexy William Jackson Harper. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, the synopsis is, A Week in the Life of Patterson, a poet bus driver and his wife, Laura, a very creative artist who live in Patterson, New Jersey, hometown of many famous poets and artists. So the reason I picked this one is the same reason that last week I picked Last Black Man in San Francisco. I looked up on Letterboxd the list, movies like the movie Come On, Come On, and of the short list of eight films or so, uh, this was on there. And I'm like, I want to feel that feeling again here. And I was also just curious, like, I really like Adam Driver, Mm -hmm. but he just plays like a freaking dingus and and just like a bad dude in so many of the things that he's in. Mm. So I was hopeful here that, you know, maybe he could be a good person, maybe somebody <laughs> nice that's enjoyable to watch. So I was, I was
1: hopeful for that. Um, Jeremy, had you seen this one before? So this is, re- it's really funny. So with hate, with le- le- hen, um <laughs> I, uh, w- I started the movie and I was going, I haven't seen this. But I've I know so much about this movie that I felt mm. like I had, and then when Pat, when 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 I turned on Patterson, here's a, a quick like a quick little aside. I just started I just started seeing someone new, and and I really like this person a lot. Like I'm just totally Twitterpated, and I was like I'm I'm doing this podcast, and we're like we're, we watch like mystery movies, and I have to watch one tonight, and I would really love it if you watched it with me and she was like yeah oh my god I would love that like I'm so she's really into films and mm. so I was like oh this is gonna be so perfect so I put it on and of course mystery movie like the best part of it is like you don't know what it is until the mm-hmm. until the opening credits you know like or until you know the, the movie title comes up and of course the first thing that comes up it's like a film by Jim Jarmusch and I was like oh my god we're gonna watch the dead don't die. Oh my god! Yes, we're gonna watch what the dead the don't sea die. Jeremy,
3: I did the exact same thing, and then
0: it said Adam Driver, and I was like, "It's the dead don't yes. die."
1: Yes, I was like, "Oh my god! Yeah, 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 yeah!" And then, and then it goes Patterson, and I go, and I go, "Oh no!" And not because oh no, like this is a bad movie, because I have seen Patterson and I love this movie, but I turned to Kira and I go, "Hey, listen." <laughs> Um, this is going to be the most boring movie you've ever watched in your entire life. And I swear, I will not be offended if we're five minutes in and you want me to put on my pick, which we're supposed (laughs) to watch tomorrow, which will be very not boring at all and so (laughs) weird. And she was like, no, 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 I love it. I'm like, I'm so here for this. Like, let's do it. And so, yes, I have seen Patterson and I knew what we were in for. And I mean, what just what a delightful surprise that it was Patterson because I'm, I'm so glad that you picked this movie okay great <laughs> I, I love that
0: yeah you and me Jeremy are on the same page and, and two I, different movies. I love
1: the Dead Don't Die like the Dead Don't Die to me is a perfect zombie film like the, the zombie films are so overdone so overrated and just so like just just so oversaturated the Dead Don't Die you know if you want to if you want to watch a, a refreshing zombie flick throw this weird, hilarious, bizarre thing on because it's, it's so special. But anyway, I, I digress. That's great. We haven't, we haven't seen, seen it. it yeah. so. Oh, my God. N- what? Neither of you have seen it?
3: <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, no, my Lord.
1: Yet. Oh, my gosh. You guys. Oh, my gosh. You guys. Oh, you
3: got it. You <laughs> yeah. got to watch it.
1: It's so special.
0: Next so. time we have you on, we'll yes,
2: Yes, we yes, 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 <laughs> yes. Um, but, okay. What do you guys think of this one? Kylie, let's start with you.
0: So, Ellie and I hadn't seen this movie. Before, okay, okay. Um, and so, funny, my funny story is once I realized it wasn't the dead don't die, um, I get Patterson and Paddleton confused because okay. I haven't seen either of them, and I was like, "Is this the like like what? What is this movie?" So I really had no idea what I was getting into. I really like Adam Driver. The opening scene is so beautiful and establishes the tone of the film. So yeah, I I was just like, I'm just gonna let this film wash over me and. Like I, I just found it really engaging and really beautiful. Yeah.
1: Mm. Well
0: Yeah. What yeah, do you think, Jeremy? For your second, third, fourth—I don't know how many times you've seen this
1: it. Is, so this would have been my second time okay. watching it, and um, it is this movie is just like startlingly mundane. Like it yeah. is just yeah. such yeah. a mundane film. It is so it it is, and this is, none of this is pre- it, it meant to be pejorative, but it is. It really is the most boring movie you'll ever watch in your life, but. The thing that I love about this movie so much is that it, the whole, I mean, I don't know, but I feel like Jim's intention with making this film was like just to really find the beauty that exists Mm. in boring, like the Mm -hmm. beauty that exists in mundane, the beauty that exists in no excitement. And, you know, for someone who I, you know, I think I, 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 I'm pretty sure I haven't, I haven't been diagnosed, but I'm pretty sure I have like ADHD. And I'm for sure this type of human who's like lived my life where like I'm constantly looking for dopamine hits. I'm constantly yeah. looking for the thing that like will bring excitement to my life. And this movie is, if you're one of those people, this is a movie that I feel like is necessary to watch just to remind you that you don't need to be seeking things to like give you that, that sort, sort of like short term, Mm. Um. Uh. What's the word I'm looking for here? Like short-term. Uh. Pleasure. Like it. Mm. It. It, yeah. it, mm-hmm. re- it really just shows you that like things can be so beige, and mm. that is beautiful. And mm-hmm. and the fact that so the, you know the movie there's a lot of poetry. The, the movie is is the backbone of this movie is is, is poetry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people don't really um really get poetry. Like there's, there's, there's almost like a, there's almost a mundane sort of boringness to poetry. It's, Mm -hmm. it's this creation that like maybe is too ethereal or too, too hard to really like put meaning to for a lot of people. And, um, this movie kind of, it's like uh, it use, I think it uses that poetry to kind of show you that like, there's so much beauty in just nothingness and this movie, it does such a good job of just making you go, yeah, you know what? Everything's good. Everything's all right. Yeah. I kind yeah. of
2: I kind of like echoed that a little bit and just like I feel like it beautiful it beautifully captures the monotony of everyday life. Mm. But also just like how you fit in the things that you love doing between the things that you have to do whether mm. that mm-hmm. being like work or the responsibilities at home or things like that like and celebrates that those little pockets of time you find for yourself and whatever your creative outlet or your craft is or the thing that just helps you kind of escape the monotony of the everyday life a little mm. bit i feel like it just like hits the nail on the head with that feeling and capturing that and and, and showing that and mm. yeah it's beautiful
0: i also find like the relationship between the two characters just like
1: oh my god
0: so lovely like i don't think i've ever seen a film where like watching two people just like wake up in the morning feels like how it actually is to wake up in the morning with somebody that you love
3: mm-hmm. um
0: yeah. And I mean, the relationship did kind of remind me of you and me because I feel like th- they have such a contrast, like the two of them, right? <laughs>
3: yeah, and Elliot, yeah. you
0: are that person who you are go, go, going with like, you're playing your music and then you're going for a run and then you're, you know, that you're doing this. And if that project's not working, you start another. And I'm like, maybe I'll go right in my journal. <laughs> you know?
3: yeah, yeah. That's
0: me. You know? And I think it made me appreciate how like two people that have a deep love for each other can also have very different like approaches to life and mm. still respect each other's way like never once in the movie does it seem like either of them are annoyed with each other
3: mm-hmm. yeah. even
0: though they're so different like she's such such a go 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 new project new project new project and he's got his routine and she respects his routine and he respects her flittingness in all of her creative endeavors and I just I, yeah. I thought that was so beautiful I thought it was such a real relationship and mm. celebrates that that way that two people or more than two people can just appreciate and love the differences between each other as they connect over the just that thing that is bringing them together you
3: know
2: yeah like i think i think a younger version of myself like i i feel like her character would have been more unlikable to a younger version of mm. myself but I, I find that as i've gotten older and as we've been in this relationship longer you know those things that are characterized as maybe bad or unlikable about her. Like, I feel like that's an accurate to what you're saying, an accurate portrayal of what relationship dynamics are like, mm-hmm. like Ooh. you make sacrifices, you make certain arrangements in the dynamic of your relationship. You also make compromises for each other. And sometimes that's hard. Sometimes you need to have, like, it's not just like set it, forget it. You have to revisit those, those arrangements that you, that you have if they're not working or yeah. if you need to improve them or whatever that is. So yeah, like I think that while, like I said, her character could be seen as unlikable. I, I, I actually think that what they have together is really beautiful and shows a really realistic and honest dynamic of yeah. modern day relationships.
1: It's so funny because I feel like we're so, again, we're so used to and, and, and sort of like programmed to be drawn to drama you know, in, yeah. in, yeah. in like conflict in film. And so the, you know, I remember the first time I watched the movie, the whole time I was going, oh, I get it. He's going to break up with her at some point. Mm. Like he, like he, there, this is not a mix. And just he, waiting for the other. Yeah. He's going to get upset about the cupcakes. I'm wait, <laughs> yeah. I'm waiting for him to just be so frigging annoyed that she's painting white circles on everything <laughs> that he's just like, he's tapping out. And of course, it never happens like no, not, he not just, spoiler alert it doesn't happen he he's he just loves her for who she is and yeah and and I and it's funny like when the movie was over, I was like oh right i w- I was sitting here like wanting him to leave her, but that's not what this was about like it was just really about him just loving on this sweet, sweet, sweet woman who's just so aloof and so like. <laughs> in her own little world. And there's something so adorable about that. And it's, um, yeah, it really, uh, Oh, what is just, what a special little movie.
0: As the, um, the resident researcher of the, of the group here, of course, read all about this. And Jim Jarmusch, he like, he was trolling us all. So he put things in that would make us think something was going to happen or be significant, just Ah. to never make it significant. So the twins like right. The whole twin yeah. thing. Right. He actually has said that he was aiming for anti significance. That's the term he used. What yes a trick. or like yes. <laughs> there's a yeah. there's a, a really like obvious hit you over the head foreshadowing with the dog earlier. So mm. you think something's gonna happen with the dog, but mm. he s he, he mm-hmm. put these things in to be like, oh they're they're going to look for like what the symbolism of the twins means. They're going to look for like, mm. oh, this is foreshadowing only to never have that happen. And what he said in the in the quote that I read from him where he said he wanted to show anti-significance yeah. was that that's what real life is like. Yeah. We see we see weird things. We assign meaning to them, but they actually are. Don't mean anything. Yeah, it's meaningless. And if we assign meaning to it, beautiful and great. I'm sure there's people out there who have analyzed what the twin symbolism means, um, but he didn't mean anything by it
3: right yeah
0: so i think like that's so so cool and i haven't like i haven't seen a lot of his movies i uh, i had a deep obsession with johnny depp as a kid um jeremy i think you know this i've told you a story about meeting someone on a johnny depp fan site <laughs> yeah right yeah yeah
3: <laughs>
1: yeah yeah so yeah. i've seen
0: dead man because johnny depp was in that um, and I really, I was obsessed with the white stripes when I was in like late junior high, junior high, early high school. So I I've seen coffee and cigarettes. Oh yeah. Them, they're fantastic. Yeah. But because you, Jack White was in that, I saw that a bunch of times.
1: You should also watch, uh, only lovers left alive. Is that the Tilda Swinton one? Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, Elliot, I, I feel like I kind of steamrolled here. I'm, I'm like stepping on your guys' territory. I feel, I feel like a no. steamrolled. I, I, nope. I, I didn't, I don't think I like gave you the opportunity to like give us the, uh, the synopsis and like who, it, when the movie was made and 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 those like those key things or did we already go through that? Yeah, no, we said it. We got oh, it. We did. We did. Okay. Okay. Sweet. Yeah. Nailed it. Um, the, the, the monotony of uh, just talking about this film, <laughs> like it, it's washed <laughs> it, over you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But some, yeah. but something that that you said, Jeremy, like
2: that I think was actually really effective is just because that this is a very. On on its surface, like a very vanilla movie, very like very monotonous, very low key that and it's not searching for having the big dramatic moment where, you know, the shoe drops and he goes and breaks up with her and, you know, like she sucks, blah, blah, blah. Like the heightened drama. like I gasped at a a point in this movie when like a big thing happens that affects our main character Patterson Mm -hmm. and I'm like, it's so mundane but because of the the tone of the rest of the movie, yeah. you're like, oh, "Why did this happen? This yeah. like this has destroyed me." And you like you feel that through Adam Driver's performance and how like the movie plays out in the end. There's this really nice scene on a park bench that Ooh. I think is also really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I I really like this. It was really contemplative and Ooh. you know took its time and. I I felt this I felt this was really relatable, especially as a creative person. Like it just it feels like, you know, especially the 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 contrast between Adam Driver's character and uh, Ferry Farahani's character of where, like you mentioned, Kylie, like she's kind of flitting from creative endeavor to creative mm-hmm. endeavor in search of. Whether it's fame or notor- notoriety. Or maybe the or... thing that
0: gels with her. Like, he's got his thing, right? Yeah. He knows what his thing is. And yet he he is not needing to share it with anybody else. And she seems the opposite, right? She wants Ooh. to share her stuff with the world. She wants to come home and show him the song she learned on guitar, right? And he isn't coming home and reading her poems unless she asks, right?
2: And even then, like, he's just like, ah.
0: <laughs> Here's my poem. Can we talk about how this has... Two of my favorite sitcom guests, like little cameos from like Cheedy from The Good Place and Ray from Shits Creek, great. Yeah. <laughs> um. But also, did you guys recognize the little little girl poet?
1: No, no.
0: She is. Um. Oh, I I meant to look up the name, but she's the daughter of, in The Conjuring. She's the daughter in both of the Conjuring movies.
1: Oh no way. What are oh. What are their
0: names? The um the Warrens. Yeah. Yeah. yeah she's the Warrens kid.
1: Oh. All I right. was like, I
0: recognize her, and that's that's who she was. So. Cool little cameos. I guess um,
1: Sterling nice. Jerrins uh, is the, uh, Is the actress's name? Yeah. Oh, she was Sterling. Great yeah, Jerins. that
0: moment was. I, nice. That was probably
1: one of my favorite moments. That's for sure one of the most sweet, wholesome moments in the whole movie. Yeah, so great. Yeah.
2: Um, so I'm curious how you guys feel about this, but I'm also curious how your lady friend felt about this, Jeremy. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah.
1: So, um, so I, I again, like, I, I'll, I'll probably be uh, regurgitating something I've already said, but. This movie made me feel, it made me feel really grateful for all the things that I have in my life that I take for granted. Mm-hmm. Like it just made me feel um, just really okay with mm-hmm. the things that I have to do every day. It made me feel really content with like the relationships that I have, the people that I see. You know, I, I live in Halifax. Um, I live in Halifax. I live in, I live on a street that's, that's quite, um, it's a bit of a hard street. There's a, there's a lot of people that are down their luck. Um, uh, there's a, you know, a, a shelter, like right down the street from my condo. And every day, every single day I take my dog donut out for a pee and I see the same people,
3: hmm.
1: those same people ask me for money every day. And It made me, it just like made me have like a a deeper appreciation for those people that I just see every day that maybe I don't really think about how they, they actually play like an integral part of every day, Mm. every single, like the routine of my day, they're a part of it. And Mm -hmm. watching this movie made me kind of just think, oh, oh, wow. Like, I think I might see them a little bit more than than I would before having like watched this movie before getting that reminder of like, there is, there is this beauty to the things that we are constantly just sort of coasting through life and, and maybe not paying much attention to. And so how can I pay a little bit more attention Hmm. to those things just to like really appreciate the beauty that exists within those things, no matter what they are, you know, Hmm. that's, I mean, that, that is why this is such a, a special movie in my mind. My, uh, my my new lady friend, Kira, when it was over, I was like, oh, what did you think of that? <laughs> and she she was like, that was one of the sweetest mm-hmm. films I've ever seen. She was like, I just, I'm so like, I'm so enamored by this couple. I I just, I think that it, it was just like a wholesome, sweet experience. And she was mm-hmm. so happy that she saw it. So I was, I was oh, really, awesome. I, when she said that, I was like, I like you even more than <laughs> I already <laughs> like you a lot. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad we had that opportunity to watch that boring film together.
2: That's great. I'm so happy. And I, I, I love your reflection on it too. I think that's absolutely beautiful. Um, Kylie, how to that make you feel?
0: Um, so I, th- I feel like this is going to come up in a different way with a different movie we watched, but like, I actually feel like you, you Elliot, you and me live a life similar to, to these two characters. And I can, you know, we've been together 13 years. We've known each other since we were 17. We graduated from high school together. Um, Sometimes I can get caught up and you know this, we talk about it in like the different paths my life could have taken, you know, like Ooh. if I had done this or, or, you know, if I had decided to to try and be a writer and like all of these things and not all the time, but I have these little moments like that. And this film made me appreciate the life I've chosen,
3: mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like
0: really appreciate the life that we're living and the life that like we work at every day together. And just, I, I felt like I saw, us reflected in the film and I'm like, we have a really beautiful life. Ooh, and I yeah. think other people want what we have and, and want a life like this and we're really lucky.
3: Ooh. Yeah.
2: I in my in how I feel, that was very similar. Um and I agree. Like I'm I'm so grateful for what we have and the way that we just kind of operate and the things we've put in place to like help our relationship function on a day to day basis. I think is really great. Um the only other thing that I was thinking of in terms of how it made me feel it just it well not really feeling but it just made me reflect on the importance of art and space and space in this in the in the sense of where like where you're at whether that's physically or just also like mentally or Mm -hmm. like in your own head or emotionally like just it made me reflect on it's important to take the time to make time for your art but also make time for yourself Mm -hmm. outside of the responsibilities of every day so Mm. that was a big takeaway
1: for me as well Oh, what a mushy feeling! <laughs> like what a sweet mushy feeling this movie has made us all it's feel. It's really nice. I yeah. like it. Different feeling from the next movie that we watched. <laughs> oh my goodness, Jeremy! Yo,
0: we had we had. <laughs> Elliot was convinced that your movie was going to be a particular thing based on what you had said to us. Yeah, it was not the movie Elliot
1: thought. It okay, was Elliot, be. What, <laughs> say, what? Yeah, what
2: did you think I was going to? do? I uh, was almost certain <laughs> it was The Village. From M. Night Shyamalan. Oh wow! Because yeah, you right. prefaced it yeah. when you're like, yeah. okay, it's something that you guys have like maybe seen, but it was misunderstood when it came out. And I'm like, oh, this has got to be the Village. <laughs> I told yeah.
0: it yeah. repeatedly, it's not the Village. Yeah. And what? Like doing this this mystery movie <laughs> pick thing, like with you, Jeremy. Like normally, like Elliot and I often don't pick our movies till like ten minutes before we watch them. Sure. But this time, we had picked our movies like a week ahead of time, yeah. and so it's just like what did he pick like what are we going to be watching on this night you know Um, and it's
2: also just like like jeremy is such a new person in our lives like we don't know what you've seen we don't necessarily have like a finger on exactly like what kind of movies you watch normally in day to day so like yeah we had no kind of any sort of preface of what what to expect and
0: i i never could have guessed That you picked what you picked, so why don't you tell us about it?
1: Well, before I do, uh, have you guys seen this before? No. No. (gasps) Wonderful. (laughs) That's what I wanted. That's what I wanted so badly. I was, I was. So I, I kind of gave you guys a little bit of a heads up where I said before we, before this all started, I said I have a movie already in mind. Yeah. And and I and you probably have seen it, but I really hope that you haven't. Or if you have, I hope you saw it when it came out, Mm
3: -hmm. which was
1: back in 1997. This is Starship Troopers. directed by Paul uh, Verhoeven and written by Edward Neumeier. Um It's got a it's got, it's got quite a cast. Um, yeah. Yeah. Casper Van Dean as Johnny Rico. Uh, Dina Meyer as Dizzy Flores. Denise frickin Richards <laughs> as uh, Carmen Ibanez. Jake Busey is in there as Ace Levy. You've got Neil Patrick Harris as Carl Jenkins. Um, another heartthrob here. Patrick Muldoon as Xander Barclow. And also uh, a nice little uh, insert of Michael Ironside, Mm -hmm. the dreamiest voice in all of Hollywood as Gene (laughs) Razak. Uh, This, okay, so Starship Troopers, 97. If you haven't seen this movie, quick little synopsis. Uh, The story follows a young soldier named Johnny Rico, uh, played by Casper Van Dien. And it's all about his exploits in the military infantry. Uh, in a futuristic military unit, uh, Rico's military career progresses from recruit to non-commander officer, and then finally to officer. And all of this is against the backdrop of an interstellar war between mankind and an insectoid species known <laughs> as the Arachnids. Okay. Yep. Hell yeah, <laughs> guys! I <laughs> I knew I knew for sure that the reaction when this when when you put this movie on and started watching it was going to be. What the actual yeah. <laughs> Um. So I'm dying to know. What did you guys think of well, this movie? The, so the first thing I, I'm curious to know is you,
2: you said that like this was the first thing you thought of that like, I, need, I want to, in the scheme of all movies that you I wanted know. Kylie and me to watch, <laughs> yeah.
1: why yeah. was it Starship Troopers? <laughs> okay, so the reason why is because on the surface, this movie is just cheap thrills and mm-hmm. garbage. But this movie is so, so much deeper than that. Mm-hmm. And um, for myself, that only became apparent the second time I watched it with a very large gap of years in between the first mm-hmm. time and the second time. Right. And I'm wondering if you kind of picked up on, as adults watching this, because the mm-hmm. first time I saw this movie, I was a kid. Uh, but as adults watching it, if you, were, if you sort of picked up on the, the actual like, and and I think purposely hidden deep meaning behind mm-hmm. this film.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'll start with like I not only had I not seen it, I don't think I'd ever heard of it. Oh, nice. So nice. like it came yeah. up, and I'm like, is it Spaceballs? Is it Super Troopers? Like, is it is this a satire? Like, what is this? Um, <laughs> and like it because it starts with all of those. Um, you want to know more, <laughs> right? You want to
1: know more, and I was yeah.
0: just like. What is this? This is a trip. It reminded me of, like, games I was playing on my, like, that I got out of cereal boxes in the 90s (laughs) because we couldn't afford real games. (laughs) You know, so I was just like, okay, I guess I'm all in. And then I'd start seeing the cast, and um, it was really fun to see something that I had no idea of. Mm. Um, Also, I'll say, like, I'm the grouch in in the relationship. Jeremy, if you had said, I'm going to get you guys to watch Starship Troopers, and I looked it up, I would have been like, eh no <laughs> yeah
3: yeah like you
0: You probably Yeah. nobody probably could have convinced us to watch me on, watch this on my own but I am so glad I watched it
1: yes yes
0: mm-hmm. like I really enjoyed it so much and that like that's why we do this mystery movie thing is we we approach it not as like oh it's a way to force someone to watch something that I've always wanted them to watch but rather for the other person it's it's a way for me to be open to something I might not have otherwise been open to. Mm. Like that's our ethos, and so I was like, okay, Jeremy pick this for us. Not usually what I'd go for. I'm gonna be open to it, and I like it was. It was so many things.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm.
2: yeah. It like I, I had only seen a little bit of this when it was like when I was a kid, and it was on like TBS Superstation in like the daytime. I'd only caught like little bits of it, and it always just kind of. I always just kind of thought of it as, like, the really dumb, crappy um, special effects yep. space movie. Like, I didn't really give it the time of day. But yeah, jumping in, like, I was totally surprised. I had so much fun watching yeah. this. Um, the, the effects are actually not as bad. Like, some are not great, but <laughs> there are, they're not as bad overall throughout the movie as
1: I thought they were. Any
0: of the, like, <laughs> actual human death be ripped apart is really good.
1: Yes. There's a lot of practical right.
2: stuff here that I like a lot.
1: It's a really great blend and I think this is really important for when it comes to like VFX like the mix of practical Mm -hmm. and CGI is so imperative like it 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 really is like the thing that sells it 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 a a movie is destroyed if 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 they just don't allow any kind of practical effects to be sort of meshed with special effects um but I'm glad Agreed. you. I'm. I, I'm glad you. You enjoyed the special effects because I. I kind of want to actually unpack that a little bit um, in in a moment here. But um, what. What else, Elliot? What else did you think about it?
2: Yeah, I thought that. Yeah, it was. It had like a bit of like a message that's trying to get across about right. you know <laughs> about the military and also just about like what being a citizen means Mm. and Mm -hmm. a citizen's responsibility to their, their country or to the world and the things that they need to do. And yeah, like it was like you said, Jeremy, like it's hitting on something a lot bigger than what you think this movie would try to hit on. Yeah.
0: Like that's an interesting, there's a movie or a book or something in my brain that I can't get out of my brain right now that does a similar thing to this one, which is, I bet you there's a lot of people who really love this movie who, who haven't thought about what, um, like what Paul Verhoeven is doing with it like what mm-hmm. he's really saying with it it's just like oh this is so fun and it was really fun yeah yes. like it was really fun and so it can be watched on that level and i kind of like at first i was like is he just like really pro military is that what's happening here mm. um i don't think so no i don't yeah, think yeah. so at all um and i i think it's always interesting and and i actually think it often says more about the person watching it and not not when you watch it when you're a kid and it's just you're not really in a space where you know enough about the world yet, but you know, for people watching it now, if it's just like, wow, this movie so fun and I love it. That says more about, I think the person than the movie.
1: Yes. So, um, do you guys know what else, what other movies he's done? He's done total recall. He's done total recall. Oh, Show girls. He's Showgirls. done Showgirls. Right. He's done Robocop. 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 Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, a little bit of context. Um, he donut, stop barking, please. We're doing a thing. Um, uh, Paul Verhoeven, so he was born in Amsterdam in 1938, mm. and uh, his father was a um, hat maker, and uh, I believe his mother was a schoolteacher. He and his family, in 1943, they moved to the Hague, which was the location of the German headquarters in mm. the Netherlands during World War II. And their house was really close to this German military base that had like V1 and V2 rocket launchers. And so this area was con- constantly being bombed by the Allies. And so as a child, like as this young child, um, he was witness to explosions constantly, dead bodies everywhere, um, you know, images of like just brutal violence, burning houses, dead bodies on the streets just continuous like danger. But as a kid, he, he's said in interviews that this experience, um, it wasn't scary. It was like this exciting adventure. Like he was living in this like action film. Mm. So what does that do to a human? You know, like as, as you grow older and you look back at that trauma, like how does that shape who you are? And so of course him becoming a, a a prominent you know, sci-fi drama film director, all of this stuff just seeps into his films. And so this movie, so here's the thing. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this out there and, and I'm curious to see if, if this was the thing that you caught. When, I've, when I first saw this movie, I'm going to gush a little bit here. My dad took me to the theaters all the time and it was one of, one of my favorite things to do with my father. And so he took me to this movie. He had no idea what he was taking me to. It was 1997, so I would have been nine years old. And I went to this movie with my dad. First time I ever saw boobs on a big screen. <laughs> so many boobs. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, like, ultra violence. Like, this is a really mm. graphic film, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, like, to me, that experience watching this film was, like, that's all. It was boobs and explosions. And I was mm-hmm. like, wow, that was cool. That was really, really cool. <laughs> now, fast forward to like, I'm 25 and I, I for some reason, I decide like, I'm going to watch Starship Troopers again. Mm-hmm. And I'm floored by how hilarious the movie is. Like, it mm-hmm. really is re- really, funny. Yeah. I mean, at nine years old, I, there's no, I, I, I wouldn't know what a satire is, but this, the satirical element of this film is so strong. It's such a, it's a satire on, on the military. It's a, it's a, mm-hmm. it's a military satire. But the thing when I watched it when I was an adult, I remember getting close to the end of the film and going, man, I, like, why do I feel so weird? And not, not again, not to like spoil the movie, but um, there is you are rooting for these characters. You're mm-hmm. rooting for the humans. You are like, rah, rah, rah. Let's like get these ugly aliens. Let's like destroy the arachnids. You know, uh, the only good bug is a dead bug. Mm-hmm. Quote mm-hmm. direct from the movie. But when the movie kind of ends, like there's this final scene with Neil Patrick Harris where he says, they're afraid. That moment, I remember feeling really icky
3: mm-hmm. all of a
1: sudden. I was like, why do I feel so gross? And it dawned on me after like, thinking about this over and over and over again. I was like, why did that make me feel so weird? This movie, I think, is meant to trick you as the viewer into rooting for fascism and that's Mm. the thing that makes this movie so trippy and so much more than just some like you know cheap thrills with explosions and boobs it is Mm -hmm. it's a movie that literally makes you the viewer root for the nazis Mm. because the humans in this film are you know, the, the, the militaristic world that, that this futuristic world is living in, it is fascist. It's a fascist mm-hmm. society and you are rooting for it. And, and, the, and throughout the film, the entire time, one of the things that, that Kylie kind of said was um, there's, there's these, the movie is like sprinkled with these uh, propaganda, like infotainment recruitment ads. And, and, you know, they show this thing and, and then when it's over there, they're like, would you like to know more? And it's like asking you if you want to like go deeper into the rabbit hole of like why we hate these bugs, these bug aliens, all of that propaganda, like you get sucked into it. You get tricked into mm-hmm. believing this thing. And, um, and I think, I think the aliens, I think the, I think, you know, maybe I'm thinking too much about it, but, but I, I really do think that the Arachnids are, are the Jews. And you as the viewer are being tricked into hating these arachnids, Mm -hmm. these others, these things that um, really like if you really look at the the actions of the movie, it's like, well, wait, are like, are these things what happened before all this? Like Mm -hmm. before the world starts, you know, getting slammed by these meteors that are coming from a distant planet, like why are they retaliating against the humans would this have ever happened if, if we didn't just stumble upon them and, and you know, try to, like, eliminate this, this, this quote-unquote, threat? And that's the thing, right? When I watch this movie, like, when you really peel the onion layers back, you're like, oh, ooh, oh, no, uh-oh. Yeah. yeah,
0: I think I started feeling that it's got to be about halfway through the movie where there's just, like, a quick line where somebody says something about, like, that the Arachnids are able to think, and prior yeah. to this, they didn't, they, they, you know, and just that, like, if you look at it as the allegory, that dehumanization of the other, right? Mm-hmm. And we're literally, of, of course, who's not going to cheer for killing bugs, right? Yes, like, right, right. You know, and so to, to, it's really smart.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: It's really smart. And, and I, I started feeling that ickiness right around then, which I th- I got, a, I think it's about halfway through the film. I think it's after the, like, thing happens with Denise Richards, and the, and the asteroid and all of that. And they're like, mm-hmm. oh, like there's there's intelligence on the other side and they're trying to figure out what we're doing. And I was like, oh, okay, I see I see the point that's starting to be made here. And yet the movie continues to be really fun. It's not like that moment happens and we take this sharp turn into, no. and now as an audience, we feel bad. Never once does the, like it's, it's all beneath the surface. Like you said, it's, you have to peel it back to find it there. Yes.
1: And, and they, and the, uh, you know, the way that they kind of get you into this, um, mode of thinking where you 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 kind of can't help but root for the fascists is it's all surrounding this like four way relationship of lust and love and you you Mm -hmm. you like you really like you really you know at one point in the movie you really want Rico Johnny Rico and Dizzy Flores to like yeah I want this to happen I like I want them to like I want them to find love and because it's not going to work with Carmen like mm-hmm. Carmen's moved on, and so you're like you're you're sucked into this like this sexy r- relationship of these young hot soldiers, and and meanwhile you're just totally forgetting the fact that like this is just all about destroying another race, mm-hmm. you know. And you're like, oh, whoa. <laughs> that was weird. Mm-hmm. And it it like it made me kind of it just made me think about like how, um, you know, how like the military industrial complex of like whatever nation you live in really does a goddamn good job of twisting your mind into thinking that like this kind of violence is necessary Mm -hmm. you know when you when you look at like world war ii it's like soldiers on whether they're the allies or the nazis like they were they were all they all believed Mm -hmm. you know we're seeing it now with like these russian these russian kids going over to ukraine And they just believe that like, yeah, I guess this is like what I got to do. Like, I'm, I got to do this thing that, and then they get there and they're in the, they're in the shit and they're in the middle of it and they're going, oh my God, what, what did I, how did I get here? This is so messed up.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And like, kind of just to what you said, Jeremy, and what you were talking about, Kylie, like something that kind of hit me as I was sitting with it. Like when you do peel back those layers a little bit, there's a scene and trying not to get too spoilery, but there's a scene kind of in the final um, and kind of as the film's wrapping up a little bit where the kind of takeaway when you do peel back those layers are that it's just two groups of beings that just want to know what each other are thinking and have a better understanding of each other. And the only of, in their minds, the only obvious way to do that is through violence. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. and that is just again just another like really sad state of the world thing that's yes. hard yeah. to kind of grapple with.
1: And that violence they've been they've been trained to like be so thirsty for that violence. Yeah, like yeah. It, it, like it, You know, there's a there's a point in the movie where they're getting their tattoos. You know, and it's like they they just they literally. They've almost forgotten that something really, really traumatic has happened back Mm -hmm. on Earth that has affected so many people and so many families and including some of these people that then they're getting their tattoos and they're like, yeah, like they're 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 excited. You know, Mm -hmm. there's like there's like this elation and you're going, whoa, guys, like, do you not do you not recall like 10 minutes ago you just found out that, you know everyone you knew and loved is dead. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah. what's going on? You know, you're, you're like, you guys are just, you guys are just punch drunk. Yeah, again, like you could go into this movie and watch it and and, and, that's the fun thing. That's why I chose this movie for you guys because you can, you, you can really watch this movie from two very, very different perspectives. Mm-hmm. One being like, wow, yeah, explosions, guts, and boobies. This was great. <laughs> or you can watch it and go, oh, jeez oh
2: yeah it's one of those rare movies where you can do that you can turn on your brain or turn off your brain that's right and enjoy it for both reasons i mean it's
0: interesting to me because to bring up funny games again but funny games kind of does a similar thing with for horror movie fans right where yeah though those of us and i know the three of us love horror movies and the more violent the better i think yep um you go into that wanting the violence you want, Mm -hmm. you want all of that. And the movie at a certain point flips the script and asks you to interrogate yourself. Mm -hmm. Right. And like, why do you want to watch this movie? Why do you want the violence? Like, you know, and it, but funny games does that with like a harder hammer that you can't miss. Yeah. You could miss it in Starship (laughs) Troopers if you wanted to.
1: Yeah. Funny games, it almost hurts. You're like, Oh yeah. Oh no. (laughs) Can I not watch horror
0: movies at all anymore? What am I doing? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I, I a couple of like little tidbits. So, um, so to the uh, visual effects Phil uh Phil Tippett is the is the VFX artist uh, that did all the effects for this movie. And Phil Tippett is like a dinosaur park? Oh yes, he's done everything. I mean, he's he's won um he's won countless Academy Awards, Emmys, uh he's been nominated for Baftas. He's done uh he's done the visual effects for uh Star Wars: A New Hope. Um uh, the Empire Strikes Back, oh, Return of the wow. Jedi, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, uh, all of the Jurassic Park movies, RoboCop, uh, Willow, uh, the entire Twilight Saga, uh, Force Awakens. He, like this guy, he's he is a true master of VFX.
2: And yeah, I remember I, just recently, actually, I watched like a little like interview talk with him because I, I really love. I think it's Corridor does, like, the visual effects. Oh,
1: talk, yo, dude, it's my favorite. <laughs> I love it. I love Corridor Digital. It's so good. It's so um, good. But,
2: like, I did a little, like, very small deep dive on just, like, looking into Phil Tibbet and just, like, the things that he's he's done. Like, he revolutionized yes. so many different things in the VFX yep. world. And yep. I, I think that's I think that's so cool. And, like, it's why movies, like like Jurassic park, like star Wars can stand the test of time because of people like him. So that's, that's sweet that he was on this too. And like he added his flair to it.
1: Another little interesting tidbit here is that, um, so there, there's a, there's a shower scene where all of the actors are fully nude. There's lots of butts, lots of boobs. And, um, and of course, this was the scene that stuck with me as a child, uh, <laughs> watching with my dad, feeling so embarrassed but also so excited. Yeah. And uh, the cast uh, apparently agreed to do that naked shower scene only if, um, only if uh Paul Verhoeven directed the entire scene fully naked as well. And oh, so Verhoeven amazing. directed the whole scene with no clothes on. That's so that's awesome. <laughs> Isn't that cool? Um,
0: I have a, I have a good follow up for that that I feel like you guys are gonna you're gonna I'm gonna like this so this is from IMDb trivia uh, in a 2016 interview Casper Van Dien revealed um, in an interview about a funny incident when he was picking up his two daughters from school. He said, I went by the line at school to pick up my kids. You know, you drive up to the school, and when I get there, and there are these six, ten, and eight-year-old boys hanging out with my daughters. I pull up in the line, and the boys go, Johnny Rico, why didn't you tell us about that your dad was Johnny Rico? And I said, what are you boys doing watching Starship Troopers? And they said, our dads made us watch it with them. Then my daughters get in the car, and my ten-year-old says, dad, were you really naked in Starship Troopers?
3: <laughs> and I said, yeah.
0: And she said, how could you do that to me?
1: <laughs> that's my
0: eight-year-old says, wait, like naked, naked? And I said, yep. And she said, oh my God, my life is ruined.
1: <laughs> and, I love that's that. So, that's, great. And so great for bad dad, rad dad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's so good. Johnny yeah. Rico,
0: not Johnny Rico, but the actor seems like he's a rad, rad yeah. dad.
1: Um, how did this movie make you guys feel? It filled me with joy and surprise, mm. um, but also again a little bit of that like dread
2: of just like <laughs> yeah. the the human condition and yeah. how shitty it can be.
3: Yeah,
0: yeah. I I was like really excited by how both smart and fun this was, and then it just reinforced my general disdain for governments and bugs.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, uh, for me, it's like this. This movie is an exact mix of both times I watched it, where it made Mm. me just excited to see some explosions and some boobies, and then (laughs) and then also sort of uh, sort of hit you in the face, especially with like the whole Ukraine thing going on right now. Just yeah, it just makes you. um, It's really hard not to think about just how um, just how gut wrenching war is, and, and how it affects everybody involved, even even the folks that aren't. You know, like, uh-huh. like the father of Johnny Rico, you know, this guy that he has not, he wants nothing to do with the military. He wants his son to go, go to Harvard, go to school, uh-huh. but don't go be on vacation. Some, yeah. don't. Yeah. 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 Don't be some <laughs> grunt. And then of course all of this, uh, you know, like it, it, it affects him just as much uh-huh. as it does everyone else. So. Yeah, I'm guys. I'm so glad that that <laughs> you didn't hate it. <laughs> <'Cause> I, was, <laughs> my, I was like, this could go. This is going to go one of two ways. They're either going to really enjoy it, or they're going to be so annoyed. Yeah, no, yeah. There I'm was glad.
0: there was so much more pressure this week,
3: <laughs> <laughs> which
0: was fun. It was really fun. Yeah. So I cannot, like, Jeremy. I can't wait to hear what you think about this next movie because oh. Elliot and I have like honestly talked it to death already, so um, and we haven't heard much other than I think you liked it. So. Um, we all agreed that we would respectively in our cities go see Everything Everywhere all at once.
2: Finally. We've been, finally. Ta- we've been talking about seeing this for the last two weeks. It's had a
0: limited release and it just hasn't been getting to Edmonton. And so it finally was out everywhere. Uh, so it just came out 2022 um, directed and written by Daniel Kwan and Daniel Shiner to go by the moniker Daniels um, starring Michelle Yeoh as the protagonist Evelyn Wang. Stephanie Shu as Joe Wang slash Joe Bu Topaki <laughs> um, Kihe kwan as Waymond wang and james hong as gong Gong, and then of course jamie lee curtis as deirdre bobeardra <laughs> <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
0: um so just a little synopsis an aging chinese immigrant is swept up in an insane adventure where she alone can save the world by exploring other universes connecting with the lives she could have led um i have been looking forward to this movie since i first heard about it um but I'm just I'm just gonna throw it to you guys. Like, what did you think of this movie? And, and let's throw it to Jeremy because I I know what Elliot thinks of this movie. I want to know what you thought of this movie.
1: This movie rocked me to my core. Yeah. Um. So for context, I saw this trailer in the theaters. Um. Sometime. Sometime last year, uh, whenever the trailer came out, I went to go see a movie with a bunch of friends, and I. I watched the trailer and I immediately, you know, A24. It's like they can't do wrong. Uh-huh. Uh, nothing they put out is is bad. And so I, I, you know, immediately I was like, well, it's an A24 film, and that was one of the most exhilarating trailers I've ever seen in my life. Uh-huh. And so I from that moment I knew, okay, I'm I don't I'm not gonna look at anything. I want to go into this so blind. I don't ever want to watch that trailer again. Like I really Really want to come to this movie with like a total blank slate, and uh, this is also a movie that I took my uh, that I took Kira to. That I was like, look, we got to go see this movie. Is all part of the podcast thing, and I would love to take <laughs> you with me because I think this could be really great. She didn't even she didn't even know the, the trailer, so I was like, don't don't look at anything at all. <laughs> this movie was one of the most one of the most beautiful silly experiences I have ever 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 experienced in my life like this is this is a film that constantly reminded me why i love cinema Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it is it is a movie that is like no no holds barred like balls to the wall absolute gong show anything could happen at any moment mind totally blown and uh the way i've been describing it to people if they're like curious about it i'm like look this movie is like the matrix meets the midnight gospel or for people who don't know the midnight gospel the matrix meets adventure time hmm. like it is it is so deep and and like well fleshed out smart multiverse sci-fi mind bender with a with like a very very healthy dose of mind bending children's show animation, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. it is just it's so friggin' special. Holy moly!
2: I I'm gonna echo a lot of that. This is one of the best movies I've ever seen. It's unlike any movie I've ever seen.
1: So know. unique. Yeah, yeah like. Swiss Army Man, which was the Daniels' first film.
0: Have you seen that, Jeremy?
1: Oh my god, no way. I didn't I didn't even I so I, yeah. I didn't even know what else they've done. That's yeah. this makes so much sense. <laughs> yeah, oh my god. Does, right? so, wow. I think Swiss Army Man
2: had to walk so that this could run. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um and yeah, just like uh riffing off of some more things you were saying, Jeremy, like it genre bends so effortlessly and so yeah. effectively. Like it has some of the best action sequences I've ever seen. I haven't laughed this hard at a movie since maybe Jackass Forever. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. like I haven't had a like guttural laugh experience yeah. like that in the theater in a while, but also I've like in in the past 4 weeks we've watched 3 a 24 movies that have become that we've given 5 out of 5 stars to. Yeah. And like this is another one where it's just hits you right in the gut the way that last black man in san francisco did for us last mm-hmm. week and after Yang did a few weeks ago it, it just it and it covers all of, like i've never been in a movie where i'm sobbing crying almost Ugh. heaving and then yeah. i'm then i'm bursting out laughing in the middle of all that then i'm going back to crying i've never had an experience like that and it was so exciting to have that yeah. have that happen because it's so unique. It was so cool. Yeah.
0: So we we saw this um, with two of our really close friends, Ashley and Perry. And Ashley had been she asked if she could come with us, and of course we're, we're like we're picky people, but she's like, we'll stay through the credits, we'll be good. Like, so <laughs> so they came and uh, Perry he had he hadn't even seen a trailer, so he was he was in a similar situation to to your person where um, he had no idea what he was getting into, and Ashley knew a little bit more. Ashley is one of my favorite people to watch movies with because she watches movies with her whole body.
3: Very like when she
0: laughs, she laughs. When she gasps, she gasps. And when she cries, she cries. And uh, Perry turned to us all at the end and said, did you all cry? And we're all just like still saw, so- like there's a point in the movie Ugh. where I started crying and I just didn't stop. Yeah. I'm laughing through the tears, but I, oh my goodness. Did Can you cry, Jeremy? You?
1: Oh, I bawled. Okay. <laughs> You're
0: with us. You're part of the cry squad.
1: I friggin' bawled. Can I ask you when it was, was it, was it the, how do I say this without giving anything away? Um, There's a moment in the film where things get very quiet. Yes. And um, it's like the first time in the movie where things like where it's just not total chaos and it's very quiet. And it's, it's that was the moment for me where I just, just is that the moment
0: like it's where a character kind of, it, it really quiets down and a character who we haven't heard their inner thoughts as much as we have heard other people's kind of explains their ethos of life.
1: I think so. I, yeah. Um, uh, let's put it this way. Uh, <laughs> you have to read the dialogue in order to get... Yes, yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that yes. we all
0: got hit at the same moment. And yeah. then it just kept oh, happening, right? Oh, like,
1: and then, Yeah, once the floodgates opened, it was just oh. like, boom, boom, yeah. boom, just hitting you. And, and, and yet at the same time, at the same time, you, you're you crying at something that's so like that just... that it's so guttural. It's like this, it's this, you're crying because it's making you realize all these things about yourself and all these things about everyone you love and all the wrongs that you've made and all the rights that you've made. And then yet at the exact same moment while you're crying about this thing that's so serious and so beautiful and so heartwarming, all of a sudden you're, you're looking at like just a, a set of like baloney fingers shooting mustard <laughs> into someone's <laughs> mouth and you're going, why? Yeah. Why? How could I be crying right now at this like, <laughs> at the most absurd thing I've ever seen in my entire life ever? But that's like, so crazy. That's
0: the brilliance because isn't that um, life? Yes. Isn't that life where you are in the middle of like your your grief or your sadness or your overwhelmingness and you're crying and then somebody makes you laugh? Like, isn't that life? Yes. And yes. it was just so... I am so grateful we saw this in the theater and with, like, a, I think the show was sold out. Yeah. Um, and just, like, everyone laughing together, everyone getting quiet at the same time together. Mm-hmm. Like, I saw, I think, Elliot, you were, because the seats were Perry, Ashley, me, and then you... I saw Perry trying to scramble and find Kleenex for Ashley. During the movie. <laughs> we, cause they hadn't got, they, oh, they had got, they had Wendy's, but they didn't have napkins. Cause we had napkins. Um, you said you realized I was crying cause you saw me take off my glasses. So it that, right.
3: Yeah, yeah.
0: You know, yeah. we're, huh. Yeah. It's that thing that I, I talked about last week with just this, the, my favorite thing about, about movies and, and seeing like movies with a good audience is that you're experiencing it, t- experiencing it together while you experience it on your own. Yeah and it was so beautiful but also like we just have to talk about how like funny this movie is
1: so incredibly funny so and so funny. like the act uh, the so well performed like the acting is just unbelievably phenomenal like just tr- truly jaw dropping performances so like something that blew my mind about
2: like i agree like everybody in this movie came to play, and like this is a weird movie for all <laughs> intents and really purposes. Weird. This yeah. could have gone so wrong. But like everybody was there for it and like down for whatever. Um, for Michelle Yeoh, the only thing I knew her from that I've seen because I haven't seen Crouching Tiger was Tomorrow Never Dies. That's really crappy James Bond. She's movie. also in Shang Chi, but
0: I don't remember who she is in. Is she the mom? Maybe,
2: probably. Oh, okay, but. The big does surprise. She,
1: does she have legit like kung fu like chops? Think,
2: I'm I'm assuming. Okay,
1: because I I, it I was didn't. I, sorry, I cut you off there, but I didn't even realize she was in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Yeah, this yeah, makes so that's much the more sense.
0: Like, m- most people know her from.
1: Okay, okay, so. wow, that makes so much sense. Oh my god, she's sorry, also in I, Crazy Rotations, which we've I, never I, seen. Yeah, but. I cut you off there. I'm so sorry.
2: No, that's okay. But the big surprise for me that got me so excited and blew my mind is that the character of Waymond by Ki-Hee He Kwan. Mm. That's the actor who played Short Round in Indiana Jones and Data in Goonies.
3: Mm-hmm. I mean
1: Yes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yes. And he still has that voice. Yes. He I, still like, has that voice as an adult. He still has that that sweet, endearing, charming little like like accent that like high pitch heart. It just <laughs> breaks your heart. Yes. Office oh my god! I didn't even is. know that. I and just, Jamie Lee, Jamie Lee Curtis was just like holy smokes what like oh, just so was so good
0: like i mean we because we've seen john carpenter's halloween i'm sure you have too like
1: oh yeah one oh, of yeah. the
0: films i've seen most in my life and yeah. she's such a babe in that and she like just such just to see her like be silly and like so unattractive so <laughs> like, gross yeah
1: <laughs> you like, know? like like this gut and it must have been a prosthetic because like she had this gut yeah. oh man what <laughs> a irs gut agent lady. gut <laughs> yeah, yeah, um
3: yeah.
0: Should I ask Jeremy if he picked up on the thing that nobody else did that I've had to share with everybody? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. This is just gonna be a a spoiler about like a pop culture reference. It's not a spoiler about the film. So there's this part in the film where Waymond is talking to Evelyn in a hallway and he says to her, I know things feel differently than they have in the past. I know that your clothes never fit as well the next day, your hair never falls in quite the same mm. way. Did you pick up on what this is a reference to, Jeremy? No. Do you know the song Story of a Girl by Nine Days?
1: No, I don't. No,
0: you totally... You got it. You know it.
1: Like, this is a story of a girl who, who cried the river and drowned the whole world. This is story of a girl crying and drowned the whole world. The photographs and the of it when she yeah. smiles. And then it goes. <laughs> yeah. Your clothes
0: never wear as well the next day and your hair never falls in quite the same way. Oh, my right? God.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, what an obscure, hilarious <laughs>
3: reference.
0: So yeah. I'm sitting there like... So I mean, I was bo- Elliot and I were born in 1990. This song was like, you know, I have I have three siblings. I'm the third child. I used to blast that song in my room, yes. right? Like, it's the it's the story of me, you know. Um, so that line came up, and I was like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, and I like looked to Elliot, and he's he's laughing, but not in the same way as me. And I looked to Ashley, and she's laughing, but not the same way as me. And I'm like, am I wrong? Is this not what it is? And then uh, yeah, sure enough, they were they were quoting that song.
2: And I had the same reaction as Jeremy just now when you when you told me that I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> yeah, that's amazing! Yeah. Like, what a great deep cut, weird
1: reference. You yes.
0: know, they've got that, and then the, the 2001 A Space Odyssey sequence. Oh
1: my, holy god, shit! I know, I know. Like, which so actually, many. I it made me really want to rewatch 2001. Oh, yeah,
0: such a good movie. Like, yeah. there's
1: so many great. Like, the
2: Daniels have a really great. You can tell they just love movies and love pop Ooh. culture. And I'm sure there's even more references beyond what you've said, Kylie, and like the 2001 stuff. I'm sure there's so many little tidbits throughout that Ooh. you could probably do a deep oh, yeah. dive on and
0: find. This movie, this movie ended and I just wanted to start it again.
1: Yeah. 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 I like, I cannot wait to watch it again. It, yeah. Oh, it's so, it's just, it, and the thing, so, you know, I, again, like not, not to make this about this new person that I've somehow found <laughs> in my life, but like, I mean, if you want to, if you want a really great date movie, especially if it' like a date movie for someone that like you are just freshly kind of falling head over heels for this movie, I I love love like lo- to, <laughs> love is my favorite thing in the world. I I just want to give so much of it. I want to I want to receive so much of it. I'm just like a love freaking sponge. Like I just love love, and this movie is. That's all this movie is about. It's just, it's love. Like this movie mm-hmm. is just, it's, it, love conquers everything. And it is such a beautiful love letter to love, you know, this film. It is, it's just so, so, my heart was so, it just exploding with emotion. Oh. Um, And then, and then of course, like the whole, you know, the, I love, I really love a good like multiverse sci-fi trope you know like it. it's one of those like mind bending you know the whole rick and morty multiverse like i, I could just go on that train forever and and the, the thought of like and you kind of talked about this earlier kylie about all the all the decisions that we make all the choices that we make like mm-hmm. if we had if we had just turned left instead of turning right that one day we walked out of our apartment
3: mm-hmm.
1: what what could that have changed like what would that alter in our life and it's so fun it's so fun to like see a movie that takes that multiverse trope and really unpack it in this very fun unique totally new way that just it it, god this movie is just so so fun it this there I, i cannot imagine a single human going to this movie and going i hated that and if you are one of those people you're done. Yeah, you're canceled. Let's, let's, cancel, let's, quote, let's, let's cancel all those people. We'll quote <laughs> our
0: friend Perry, who's not happy with our thoughts on Blade Runner 2049. Um, <laughs> people who don't like everything everywhere all at once. You're just wrong.
1: Yeah, you're wrong. Yeah, you're wrong. <laughs> you are. You're just wrong. You just don't get life.
2: And I think this movie came, has come out at such a perfect time where... The idea of multiverses is just something that's so accessible now like that's what Marvel's doing right now mm. and that's what Rick and Morty's doing like it's it's come out at a time where the idea of a multiverse is so accessible to everybody now but and, this
0: one does it with heart
2: yeah it it's in such a human such a better more human I mean not that way.
0: I've, I've talked many times about how many times I've seen Spider-Man No Way Home but still uh, this one does it with heart Uh, Jeremy, have you read the letter that the Daniels wrote and released the day that the film got its wide release? No. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to read part of it. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I think we'll post the whole thing or we'll, we'll reshare the whole thing on our Instagram, but I read this telly Elliot the morning after and it got him crying again. So I'm going to read this to everyone, but also to you. So the Daniels wrote this. They said, dear movie lovers, there is just too much, too much to think about, too much to hold on to, too much to fight against too many people to talk to, too many restaurants to eat at, and definitely, definitely too many movies to watch. At the end of 2016, when we started to write Everything Everywhere all at once, we were already feeling the too-muchness of it all. We asked ourselves, why add to the noise? In a world where everything and everyone is clawing for our attention, where billion-dollar corporations see every single minute of our lives as potential real estate to be bought up and sold off for profit, asking anyone for two hours of their time to watch one of our films felt like asking for, well too much. We realized if we were going to make a film and ask an audience to give us that precious time, the only responsible thing to do in return was to blow their minds and change their lives forever. Or at the very least, we were going to attempt that. Movies can change lives. Though the cynical parts of our hardened hearts often come close to forgetting this fact, it is why we became filmmakers in the first place. Films changed our lives. So now, after many years of miracles piling onto miracles, the movie is coming out in theaters everywhere. Working on this film has been one of the most beautiful and fulfilling experiences of our lives. We hope many of you see yourselves in the characters. We hope you laugh, cry, and throw your hands up and enjoy the ride in a theater full of strangers. We hope it gives you the beginnings of a vocabulary for better understanding the too much and how to exist in it. But most of all, we hope after you watch it, even if you agree we didn't quite reach our goal of including everything, that at least you feel included in this giant, messy group hug of a film. From these two Daniels, the cast, and our entire crew, thank you for giving us two hours of your attention. We tried our best to not waste it.
1: Ooh.
2: Oh, that just made me feel <laughs> things
3: again.
1: <laughs> oh. Movie, they do. Movies, I mean, this is why I was so excited to be on the show. Like, movies change lives. Have you guys ever heard the song um, by Wise Blood? W-E-Y-E-S blood wise blood it's called um, I think it's called I love movies it might just be called it might just be called movies but I love movies is the is the lyric uh, if you're listening if you love I mean you're listening to this podcast you probably love movies but <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast and you love movies listen to this song this every time I play this it's one of the most beautiful songs and it like it is it hits so deep it's, oh God, I, I'll, I'm going to bring up all the lyrics to, to read to you, but I, there's one lyric that I want to read to you from this movie or from this. Yeah, it's called Movies. Um, some people feel what some people don't. Some people watch until they explode. The meaning of life doesn't seem to shine like that, that screen. Put me in a movie and everyone will know me. You'll be the star and you know who you are. The movies I watched when I was a kid, the hopes and the dreams. Don't give credit to the real things. I love the movies. Ah, mm. uh, I love that fucking song. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, yeah, this is like this is what this is why we decided to make this show, and yeah. why we're so grateful that like it's resonated with you, and you wanted to come and do this with us. Like movies open beautiful conversations that yeah. aren't just. I mean, yeah, we can look at all. This film is a technical beauty. It's it's wonderful to look at, but what I was left with was the way it made me feel. And so I'm going to ask you guys, how did everything everywhere all at once make you feel?
1: It made me feel everything everywhere all at once. It like the the movie title is so perfect. It made me feel everything. Mm -hmm. It made me feel, you know, it was, it's, it's one of those movies that makes you feel everything. Mm -hmm. And again, like it just, it made me really, um, it just, it was a perfect, beautiful reminder of why I love love. So much.
2: Yeah. Um, I echo that too. It made me feel all of the feelings. And, you know, and hearing that from the Daniels, it just, you know, and like learning more about this movie, like the the visual effects crew is just a skeleton crew. It's uh-huh. like such a small group of people. And wow. that there's, you know, these actors that were willing to be part of this really weird journey that was, it's weird, but it's just so like, earnest and human at its core and t- tell this story like it just it it, ma- it made me grateful that this movie exists and that these people wanted to make this movie yeah like it just it it made me feel great being in a theater full of other people that we could experience that together and we're like so respectful of it at the same time mm. um yeah
0: I mean it's that something that just like I've been thinking about and I haven't said to you really because I was saving it to say here <laughs> um mm-hmm. is that what a what a wonderful Contrast between Patterson and this yeah. because both of them left me with this deep appreciation for life, but Patterson did it through showing me the nothing, and this did it through showing me the everything.
3: I yes. love that. That's so yes. really good.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn. That's the title of the episode <laughs> <laughs> Nothing and Everything. <laughs> nothing and Everything. And yet,
0: in both, that deeper. So, like, what I have written here is just the way Patterson made me feel so deeply grateful for the life I've chosen this movie made me feel so deeply grateful for the life that has happened to me. Ooh. You know, like when we we have these visuals of like the the different Evelyns and the ping-ponging of like, had she done this instead of this? And with Patterson, I just kind of thought, you know, I've made these choices. But with this one, I thought, you know, like, also life has just happened to me. And, yeah. and in this messy, and as the Daniels say, too muchness of the world that like, Somehow we ended up in a theater with two of our friends and all of these people crying together. And then in this little room talking to you on a screen, talking about our feelings, like just that we end up in these places because of just how life happens. And I, I just, it made me feel feel so profoundly grateful for that. And then like, so grateful for movies. Like, yeah, it reminded me why I, I just love movies so much and they're so important and Oh, I can't th- say enough good things.
1: The other thing that that I couldn't help but think about that that I really loved um was you know the whole when you when you when you think about this whole like multiverse idea and like how you know choosing to go right instead of left could alter everything in your life mm-hmm. and you know if that if that, if you do turn left then this notion that like well that well at at some in some universe you did turn right mm-hmm. instead of left and and so everything changed and, and that universe is now completely different and it's going to lead you to this completely different place in that universe and in that life. Mm-hmm. But what I loved so much is that when you think about that, you know, you think, well, okay, well then I guess like I, if, I, if I didn't turn left, then maybe I wouldn't have met mm-hmm. this person and this person is such an important integral mm-hmm. piece of my life. And, and so if I never met them, then... I would never meet these other people and the part of the movie that that really like struck me that I loved that they included this was that like there's it doesn't matter what the choices you make are
3: mm-hmm. there
1: are certain people in your life that you're tethered to mm-hmm. and and you can't no matter what you can't escape these people and so mm-hmm. you know whatever the decisions you make these there's a there's a certain core group of people that will forever be tethered to you whether they come into your life early on or you know you turn right and they come into your life decades later that person was meant to be in your life you know like mm-hmm. like this us like meeting you guys we're tethered something <laughs> has some along the line somewhere we ended up here and mm-hmm. so you know i believe I really like to believe that like no matter what, even if I never did sick boy and I wasn't doing podcasting somehow we would have crossed paths at some point in, in this life and in other lives, other universes, maybe that would have happened a lot earlier. Maybe that would have happened a lot later, but like it was bound to happen. And so these people that come into your life, they are, they are, they're there for a reason. And whatever that reason is, is, um, who knows, but you know, these people that we hold close to our hearts, there's no escaping it.
0: That was beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love that. You, that word tethered. Like I, mm. what a beautiful word. Um, thank you. Yeah. That's, oh, I, I and then we're going to turn to a movie that I don't.
3: Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, so... I'm curious
0: what you thought of this, Jeremy. <laughs> so Elliot, take us to our last movie.
2: So yeah, our last movie. I think that this was a great idea, like that we all decided that, we were going to pick this together and we were going to watch this. Um, we'd all come to come to find out that we're all kind of in our infancy in terms of watching David Cronenberg movies. Like we've only seen the fly. What and have,
0: like history of violence and Eastern promises.
1: Yeah.
2: What have you seen, Jeremy?
1: Uh, I feel like I've seen a lot of Cronenberg. I've seen, I've seen the fly. I've seen uh history of violence. I've seen, Oh, geez, I've seen. Um, what else did he do? I saw.
0: I've seen M. Butterfly.
1: I'm like going through. I haven't seen that. I saw. Um, Dead Ringers. Dead Ringers. I've seen Videodrome. Mm, you've I've seen a seen. lot more than us. Then. Yeah. 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 So, have you seen The Fly? Um. Yep. Yeah. I love yeah. The Fly. So apparently they're, apparently they're, there's a remake coming out. I don't know oh, if don't that need needs that. to happen.
2: I know. I know. <laughs> Um. Okay, so yeah, you've seen a little bit more than we have. But yeah, we're, we're very much, you know, still kind of starting our journey. But we decided that we were going to watch the movie Scanners mm-hmm. from 1981. It was written and directed by David Cronenberg, stars Jennifer O'Neill, Stephen Lack, and making a reappearance this week, Michael Ironside, mm-hmm. hot off of Starship Troopers and <laughs> here in Scanners. Synopsis for this one, after a man with extraordinary and frighteningly destructive telepathic abilities is nabbed by agents from a a mysterious rogue corporation, he discovers he is far from the only possessor of such strange powers, and that some of the other, quote-unquote, scanners have their minds set on world domination, while others are trying to stop them. So... I I was excited to see this movie. Like all I really knew about this movie is the one infamous scene that's referenced in Wayne's World, that's referenced across a lot of pop culture, and just like through our knowledge of horror movies and horror history, like we've we've just seen it tons of times.
0: If you go look up a list of like the like best horror movie scenes ever, like this is gonna be on it.
2: Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of all I really knew about it. That's all I had seen Mm -hmm. of it. Um, But I'm I'm glad we got to finally see it. But what did you guys think of this one? Let's start with
0: you, Kylie. <laughs> uh, I like, didn't really care for it. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
1: yeah. Especially when you put it up against the list of what we've covered yeah. so far. You know, it was like, a
0: little bit of a like come down <laughs> from the rest it of it. It was a
1: snooze, man. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I was like, uh, okay, Jeremy, you tell, you tell us what you thought.
1: I liked it, um, I, I, but, I, but I most certainly didn't love it. And so, mm-hmm. so what I, what I liked about it is that, um, in the middle of the movie, I was thinking about how I, and, and I, I feel this way about pretty much every Cronenberg film I've seen to date. He is, well, firstly, I'll say this when the move, when I, when I started the movie, I was shocked to see the criterion collection. Yeah. Logo yep. Yep. pop up there. And I went, Oh, okay. Didn't know. Didn't know it was a part of the collection. um, but the thing I appreciated about the movie is how original it is, and yep. and and I think Cronenberg does a really good job of like creating really like original content, um, and things that probably like you know if he tried to make this movie today probably get a lot of like pushback, and
3: mm.
1: so I I really I really like that, like I like the I like the originality of it. I, it was you know I thought that was really interesting, but. It, it definitely is like a bit of a slow, it's a bit of a slow burn. It was, it didn't give me again, like, so, you know, the, the iconic, like scene, It's this head explosion scene. And like, I love body horror. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I think That's one of my too, favorite yeah. movies that I've seen in the last year was Titane, which is like oh a, yeah, r- yeah. Big a time. brilliant body horror. Oh, it just makes you feel so gross. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought, Going into this, I was like, oh, this is like when you look up like best body horror movies, this is always top of the list. And I was kind of let down because there was there really wasn't enough. No. Yeah. like I, I really I was really hungry for more of yeah. that, that grotesque, uncomfortable, you know, the fly is just full of it. Like the yeah. fly is so good at doing that. Um, and, you know, that that scene, that iconic scene it really pops up in the first yeah. two minutes. And then you're like, Oh yeah. All right. We're like, we're, we're starting off with a bang literally and figuratively. And then you don't really get much more of that. Like it's, it, I was, I was kind of hoping it left me, it left me feeling thirsty.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Us too.
2: it's right in the beginning and then, and then you'll then you don't get don't, more of it till the, till end. the very
0: end. And I mean the, so, yeah. the body horror at the very end is good. Like I liked it. Oh yeah. totally. Um, I yeah. thought it was well done. Um, But this movie is much more guns and fire than it is mm. body horror. And I was like, uh like, I, I yeah. don't know. Like,
2: I, I, I like what you said, Jeremy, about like, you know, again, yeah, Like I felt I felt this was boring. I thought it was a bit of a snooze. But something that was that I thought was done really well is that Cronenberg did a really good job of subtly just like world building mm-hmm. just yes. through like this idea of scanners and they exist in this version of earth and it's something that is scary and controversial and it has like this whole sort of like behind the curtain aspect to it too. Like I thought he did a really good job with that, but a lot of the like nerdy science fictiony kind of stuff, like it just didn't work for me as well. It wasn't like I wasn't as interested as it he, in it here as i was in the fly yeah
0: and we just Ooh. watched the fly for the first time ever a couple weeks ago so oh amazing,
1: amazing. yeah it's
0: I, so in, i'm curious if this will resonate with you guys i i found this roger N, Rod, roger ebert review from 1981 and when i read this i was like this is how i felt about the movie so he said in his review scanners is a new horror film made with enough craft and skill that it could have been very good mm. if it could find a way to make us care about it mm. i don't think it Ooh. does Ooh. I never had the feeling during the film that it mattered much who won or lost, who lived or died just so long as the special effects occurred on time and the movie's look of elegant chill was preserved
2: yeah i I agree with that, and like maybe it's unfair to compare this to the fly yeah, just because we've yeah, watched yeah. it so recently, but and maybe yeah. we had just
0: too high of like we we were expecting too much because I think that's what let me down the most is I just wanted body horror, body horror, body horror, and Ooh. then like that's really not what this was
2: yeah and but and like i didn't I didn't really like connect or feel anything for any of the characters again like i did with the fly like yeah. i cared yeah, about I gina ca- davis yeah. i cared about jeff goldblum i cared about like the weird side dude like i i, I loved Ooh. that but like everybody here just felt very like one-dimensional they're just yeah. one thing there's we're not diving deep and on and any of them
0: they have a couple of reveals at the end that i was like oh that's interesting and that's smart but i also didn't really care
3: yeah <laughs> i was like yeah. i
0: was yeah. like oh cool like cool it kind of just made me want to watch carrie Yes, like yeah. the Brian De Palma yeah. carry where I was like, yeah. I want fire and telepathy and um and Ooh. blood, but I want it in one that at makes- prom. Yeah, I wanted a
3: prom yeah, <laughs> yeah, with yeah, pig's yeah, blood. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> the the thing that I the the thing that I also thought about that made me appreciate the movie probably a little bit more than I I would have if if like context just had nothing to do with the movie at all mm-hmm. was that I really do appreciate that this is like a this is an early Cronenberg movie. Yeah. And if it wasn't for the stuff that he was doing back then, um, we wouldn't have his son doing like the crazy, unbelievable crap that he's putting out into the world. That's just like, you know, possessor. Holy smokes. What what an insane movie. It's so beautiful and so wonderful and so bizarre. And, and it's all, it's all because his father was doing this really weird stuff. And, So I'm, I'm, you know, as much as I, I wished it was a different experience, I'm grateful that it was something that he made so that, um, you know, everything he made from that moment forward was great. And, uh, and that it had, it most certainly like played into how twisted his son's mind is. (laughs) Jesus, I can't imagine that guy being my dad. Like, can you imagine David Cronenberg (laughs) being your father? What a weird, what a weird kid you'd be. I (laughs) agree.
2: I agree. Like the like how I said, like Swiss Army Man walks so that everything, everywhere, all at once could run. Mm -hmm. It's kind of the same here. Like you don't get to the fly. You don't get to possessor. You don't get to some of the more iconic, like video drum. You don't get to those more iconic, great. Bronenberg stories with, without scanners, without scanners. Yeah. and mm-hmm. for that I'm grateful for this movie because yep. you got to start somewhere yep. and it's just added to like you said Jeremy just how iconic his films have become. Yeah. 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 So all that said how does how does this make you feel Jeremy. It
1: made me feel it made me feel wanting more. Mm-hmm. I think yep. that's the I think that's the, the vibe. Yeah.
0: yeah. I'm gonna echo that too. It just made me feel like a little a little disappointed. I don't know that that's fair to the film, just because it's got this layer of what I like, what I assume about Cronenberg, what I assume about body horror, and I, I agree with you completely. I, I wanted more from it. That's
2: a good point. Like, I wonder if if it had a bit of an unfair advantage going in for us unfair be, disadvantage. That yeah, yeah, sorry, that's what I mean. And like. Just because, yeah, we're such horror fans, and we've just grown up that, like Cronenberg's in this lexicon of horror, yeah, you know, like body horror and what what his films entail, and we kind of projected all of that yeah. onto this movie, yeah. and when it didn't deliver, we're like, oh, man, you know, that sucks. But, yeah. Have you guys
1: seen Crash?
0: No, but no. I've like I've been wanting to uh, to watch. I have a uh, had a professor in university who I I really admired who talked about it a lot, and I've been yeah. meaning to watch it since like. 2012 but we haven't yet
1: not to be confused with the crash that came (laughs) out in like 2000 i don't know like yeah this is the one that's about like like
0: a paraphilia right yes
1: yeah yeah Yeah. that i mean that's like you want to go like extra cronenberg crashes it crashes an uncomfortable watch and it like so delightfully awful it's great yeah
0: you got to do that soon then i think
1: yeah Mm -hmm.
2: and i also want to see naked lunch which is also in the criterion collection
1: great film Yeah. Um, yeah, I've seen a lot of Cronenberg, actually. No, I, yeah. I think <laughs> just that now That's all that <laughs> yeah, yeah, just not this one. Yeah, just not that one. Yeah, no, great. Okay, all right, guys, it's that time. Uh, it's the time it? to name this week's bad dad <laughs>
2: and rad dad. So, okay,
0: we we, we got we got a three way three way way to do this. Who's going to start? Know, okay,
2: so for okay, Kylie, what's your nomination? Who is your nomination for bad dad of the week?
0: I feel like this is a little goofy, guys, but I nominated Marvin from I Patterson. Did
2: <laughs> I did, too. Amazing. Oh, my the, God. That's the dog. <laughs> the dog.
0: <laughs> I said Marvin's bad dad Whoa. of the week because he's always there even when you don't want him to be. Uh, he's always disappointed in you, and he is a dream crusher.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> a little wow. goofy.
0: Jeremy seems like you didn't pick the dog.
1: I didn't, and uh, I'm, I'm so sad that I didn't. It would be so great if we were all on the same page there. I didn't even did think pick? about it. I pick, I it was. Um, it. I found the. I found the bad dad of the week actually quite hard. Yeah. To kind of peg uh, down with the selection of films, but I went with uh, Vins from. Uh, oh, interesting. From, from Hate. Um, and I chose mm. Vins because I feel like you know. Um, he's he's really unreliable. He's uh-huh. stuck in his ways. Uh-huh. He's not willing to like listen. You know, he's a he's 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 really just um he really digs his heels in in a way that's just not supportive and not um not considerate or caring about others' well being, and uh and you know inevitably it pans out really poorly. And so I, he would be a really awful dad in my mind.
3: Hmm.
0: I think I can acquiesce to that. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I can too.
1: Marvin's nasty. <laughs> <laughs> <For> <laughs> sure. But sure. he such, is
0: a dog. <laughs> he's
1: such a dog. yeah. Um, <laughs> he's so cute though. He's such a cute dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: I've, you've uh, you've convinced me with those points, which yeah. is I'm going to say something after we do Rad Dad that um, I'm not going to say now. So yeah, that's it. <laughs>
1: All right. so <laughs>
0: yeah i guess uh, i'm i'm convinced by you jeremy those were really you had really good notes
1: hey thanks i didn't even take a single note this is all right up here that was right awesome. off oh the do- wow off smart. the top of the head you're smart
0: um <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right so vince
2: from lahane <laughs> stick it stick it
0: um rad dad Brad
1: although dad. I, I will say i would love vincent cassell to be my dad the actor i i yeah i met him at an airport in a small town in brazil years ago and i was starstruck I was so starstruck. Yeah. I just saw Irreversible like literally the week before. Oh, and I was so, I I was just so like, so in love. Yeah. That's amazing. What a handsome man.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: I I love that. All right, guys, time for rad dad of the week. Jeremy, who's your rad dad of the week?
1: Okay. I had a really hard time with this one. It was, it was kind of a, kind of a toss up. Um, so it wasn't, so I'm I'm gonna say it's not Hubert, but it it was. Almost I thought about Hubert Huber too. Yep. Yes, and and I thought Hubert first at first, um, because obviously it was the first film we watched. But Hubert was so um, he was the opposite of Vince. He mm-hmm. was very you know he was very accommodating and very sweet, and um, wants to wants to be better and wants to change. And I really love that. But I think it's it. I mean, it's just so hard not to make. That, or the rad dad of the week patterson. He he is oh, interesting. he is he's just so caring and so loving and so cool and calm. And the thing that made me go patterson is the rad dad of the week for me specifically was and again without giving a, without a spoiler, I'm going to try really hard. There's a moment in Patterson where Winston is a bad dad He's a very bad dad. He does something very unforgivable. And all Patterson can say to him is he doesn't get mad. He doesn't mm. lash out. He doesn't raise his voice. All he says is, I don't like you, Winston. <laughs> and And it's so um, that energy is just so, I think, imperative for a good father mm. um, to not lash out and to understand that. Sometimes your children will do things that you're not going to like but it's it's not going to help to like lash out and he's just so calm and so level-headed and that's why I think Patterson is the rad dad of the week for me. Yeah. all also great, are
2: you And yeah, and he, like he's very supportive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he's not my rad dad, but he's also just like very supportive of his partner mm-hmm. and what yeah. her Passions are in mm-hmm. her projects. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I love that. It's great, Kylie. You go.
0: Uh, I said Waymond Wang from Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I yeah. said he's just he's just so gentle and loving to everyone. Um, he looks out for other people's happiness mm. even above his own. Not that that's necessarily always the right thing, but I think it's a very like selfless thing to do. He understands who he is, though, even, even amongst that. And therefore, he's able to accept others for who they are, even when it's painful for him. Ooh. And that he's ultimately, and I think the most beautiful thing about him, is willing to give second chances.
1: to people. Ooh, yeah. Mm. That's
2: beautiful. Um, I also picked Waitman. <laughs> we were very much on the same page <laughs> yeah. this week. Um, and I said about him that while he's not without his faults throughout the movie, mm-hmm. he loves his family. He wants the best for them. And he wants the best for everyone. And for me, what I want in a dad is someone who, if I'm in the face of something that could potentially harm or hurt me, he reminds me that compassion, empathy and kindness is the first step to getting through it and that you don't need to go through that hardship alone, Mm. that you, you have the people in your life and that surround you and that are important to you to help you get through those things. And I feel like he reinforces
1: that throughout this film. I'm convinced. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Wayman, you can't. I mean, I how could I not I I'm so surprised I didn't even think about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Wayman, Wayman. Wang. Be our, Be our dad. dad. <laughs> um,
0: it was really interesting this week, just to, before we quickly move on, is I I found this real like like Vince Hubert is this like bad dad, rad dad. I even considered in Starship Troopers Rico's dad as the bad dad and his teacher as the rad dad. Yeah. Like that these characters kind of had this um you know, and, and then in Everything Everywhere All at Once, like, Wayman versus, like, the Grandfather, you know, is Ooh. kind of these, like, mm. but uh, mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. I'm happy with our choices. Yeah. You,
2: you two. I, I went, like, low-hanging fruit for, as, like, another bad dad with Daryl uh, Revok, like, Michael Ironside from Scanners. Yeah, <laughs> yeah bad like, dad. But, like, he has, like, his intentions are very, like, Magneto from X-Men-esque, yeah. Um, yeah. which is, like, not cool, but I don't know. It just, like, I don't know. I thought Marvin was worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally.
3: <laughs>
0: Okay, so we're going to do a really, really, really quick rad wreck, which is just, if you go see, first of all, go see everything everywhere all at once. That's my recommendation. I think we can all attest to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, check out the trailers for Marcel the Shell and Men. Both of those look fantastic.
2: Both A24. Both,
0: both A24. And then to button that, like, Jeremy, you actually recommended this to us. We didn't know it existed. was the A24 podcast. Yes. Um, I've listened to a couple now. Phenomenal. They only come out once a month, so it's really, like, doable to to just add that to your repertoire of things that you're listening to. They're really, really beautiful. So um, yeah, just, just a 24 all around is the mm-hmm. yeah. the recommendation this week. Yeah.
1: Crushy. My recommendation, if I can, if I can just toss it of over course, here, yeah. just go, li- go listen to movies by wise blood.
0: We're going to be <laughs> doing that right away.
1: Yeah. Nice. That's awesome. Okay.
0: So thank you so much for, for being on, yeah. With us. Oh my god,
1: guys, thank you. This honestly, this has been the uh longest podcast I've ever done and the <laughs> most fun the most fun I've ever had doing a podcast. Honestly, oh. I mean it.
2: It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. It's- Just like thank you for being on, but also thank you for taking so much time out of your week to watch five movies yeah. with us <laughs> and collecting your thoughts and feelings about all of them to share with us here. It's like five movies is pretty daunting yeah it it can be for some people but when it's people like us that are so passionate about movies that just it makes a really great
1: conversation and you just you make it work you fit it in
0: it it, it means a lot to us that you did this with us
1: honestly guys anytime you if you're ever like we want to get somebody else on you let me know i will i will clear my schedule i this is the this is such a joy Mm
2: -hmm. it's wonderful thank you jeremy um Thank you all for listening and tuning in. We really appreciate it. Um, You can follow us and slide into our DMs on Instagram at baddad.raddad. You can also get a sneak peek at what we've been watching on our individual letterboxed accounts at uh, Elliot Cuss and Kylie Burton. The spelling for both of those are in the show notes. We would also super appreciate it if you could drop us a rating, review, or follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening from. We'd also absolutely love it if you could just share this podcast with other people in your life who love movies or love podcasts or who love both we'd really appreciate that and check out jeremy on his shows sick boy or turn me on podcast found wherever you listen to podcasts um but that's gonna do it for this week so until next time
0: i'm kylie and my dad's dead
2: i'm elliot and my dad's a deadbeat but remember not all dads have to be bad